Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Both my business partner and I are high achiever um, rebel tendencies. Like we do a lot in spite of other people and we do not have a problem with like accountability and achieving goals. Like give me a goal. I got that goal. Like no problem. Um, and so we did really, really well our first year and our second year, um, crushed it. And then third year is here and it has just been brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. Um, so we are pivoting and scaling and trying new stuff. And we are we are still in the learning process of like letting go what it takes to build a business year one, year two versus year three, letting go what it takes to build a six-figure business versus a seven-figure business, which is where we're at, we're trying to get to right now. Um, trying to figure out like how to be creative and the boss and have ownership, but also have our day back and really like just balancing just kind of the like, what the fuck are we supposed to be doing every day kind of thing. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rose irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember, folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it is my pleasure to have you here. So I actually came across your story by way of our mutual friend, Sarah Peck, who has sent me nothing. Who's an amazing human being. Yes, she absolutely is. I mean, so much so that we've had her multiple times. And anytime she sends me a guest, I very rarely even look at who they are. I just say yes, <laughs> because of the fact that I know every single person she sent me has knocked it out of the park. So no pressure at all. Uh, oh, Lord. Okay. I want to start by asking you, what social group were you a part of in high school and what impact did that end up having on the choices that you've made with your life and your career? Um, yeah, so I was super nerd alert in high school. I was um, an editor for the newspaper staff, a photographer for my yearbook, and NHS society uh, extraordinaire. <laughs> so uh, didn't party, wasn't cool, uh, read a lot, wrote a lot, worked a lot. Was my life. So what impact do you think that had going forward? Um, well, so I w I've been working since, well, I've had like a quote real job where I like left my house and clocked in somewhere and worked since I was 15. Um, my parents were always like multiple jobs, workaholic type people. Um, and I definitely think that that 
type of mentality led me to work from a young age and feel like happiness in escaping from home life or school life or whatever. Um, Cause as like everyone and their mother, I come from a divorced family. And so being such an emotional child, like I was, uh, I think it was really helpful to feel some kind of ownership and identity outside of that. And I moved up into the world of like retail. So I worked at a clothing store all throughout high school and I got like promoted really quickly and held like rank of higher management at the youngest age in the entire company. Um, So I felt really good about that stuff and how that made me feel and how it made my family feel. And so I think I've been pretty much chasing that feeling ever since. But now on my own terms, since I am my boss, (laughs) um, which I kind of like, I honestly kind of miss the feeling of being able to check off qualifications and get gold stars from upper management and people who I work with. Um, So I have to kind of like bring that to myself now. But uh, since I was writing and reporting and taking pictures at a young age, that also led into my job right out of college, um, which led me to create this business. So I think that that small social circle circle that I was in of nerds of writing and art, like, I mean, truly shaped what I'm actually doing today. So, so, you know, it's funny because I'm a writer, I'm a media creator. And my little sister who was a a doctor was actually the editor in chief of her high school newspaper when reality, (laughs) looking back at it, it probably should have been the other way around. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, one, I I regret that. I I wish I had realized what a valuable opportunity that would have been, particularly when it wasn't an age of social media where you had to write things in depth and you had to focus. So uh, I wonder, uh, and I don't know how old you are, but I wonder what are the lessons in terms of craft um, and product that come from putting together something like a high school newspaper that you have applied in your life going forward? And uh, what lessons did you learn from that that you think might be useful for, for other people? Well, so I think that there's like a technical aspect that I learned from that. And then a more of a um, looking back on it being like, that's cool that I was, pr- I pretty much been doing what I'm doing today since I was 15 in high school. So <clears throat> the technical aspect, so we, I was the first round of class to get, um, we still had a dark room in our school. So I literally learned how to develop film when every, like we were the last class that had that available to them. Um, we were the first class that got a brand new... Remember when the Mac desktops were like all the colorful backgrounds? So we got to like pick what the colors we got in our studio. Um, And so I learned like tech skills on a Mac um, in design, Photoshop, all of those things. And I obviously still use that today. Um, But for some reason, my high school journalism teacher gave me my own opinion column And I had that for all four years of high school. And it was technically entertainment, like in in the section of our newspaper. Um, But I really wrote about anything that I wanted to. And I feel like I started to use that as a space, not only to truly like identify my voice and how to really talk to people and entertain people, but also talk about stories that like most people weren't talking about. And so I ran, um, we ran a, an investigation piece and then I ran my opinion piece to go along with it about, um, girls that had abortions in our high school. And we kept everyone anonymous and like, it was this whole big 
thing and the principal hated it. And it was like, is our newspaper going to get shut down kind of conversations? Um, But I think that that kind of writing and that kind of storytelling, I really hooked on to and, and enjoyed at an early age. And so today into what I do of kind of telling people what to do in their business and kind of coming at <clears throat> the strategies and the techniques and the beliefs that we have used to run our business and be successful at business isn't the norm. And we go against the grain a lot. And I feel like it was that same kind of... um not necessarily teaching, but conversation style I had back in high school that I'm literally still using today. Um, and my dad is... <clears throat> he, he brought up the other day. He said, I think it's funny that literally what you do now has been the thing that as an only child, as the first girl on both sides of the family, as a writer, as someone who was on the newspaper staff of telling people what to do then, kind of bossing people around, <laughs> either through entertainment or literally like the only child problems, um, is exactly what I do today, just in a more constructive way. <laughs> okay. I'm so glad you brought up all of those things. The only child uh, writer, uh-huh. editor-in-chief, because that raises numerous questions, as you might imagine. Uh one, from two perspectives, from being the editor of a high school newspaper and from being an only child, what did you learn about relationships and human behavior that have impacted your life? Uh, not enough. <laughs> um, seriously, I I still think like I use the only child. So uh, I, for clarification, um, I am an only child with my mother and my father. I have a half brother, but he's 12 years younger than me. So we both identify as only children. I moved out of the house when he was like two. So we like completely lived separate lives. We love each other, have a great relationship, but it is certainly not like a traditional brother sister relationship at all. Um, and he is very similar to me in the sense of like was kind of in the same cliques in high school of the nerdy crowd and like super stubborn and independent and all of the things. Um, but I, I still battle with today and use the crutch of, Oh, but I'm an only child. So that's why I'm like this um, to kind of defend like my unrelentless stubbornness and my inability to really like understand what other people are feeling. I never learned how to share. I I don't know what that means. Um, I like don't eat off of my plate. Don't take my things. Like it is a very like the strict ownership of all of my things. Um, And it's really hard. It's hard being married with that kind of mentality. It's hard being a mother with that mentality. So I feel like I should have learned more since I was working in small groups and and doing community projects, but I I, I didn't. Like I I don't know if I was not listening then or not paying attention. Um, but I st- I feel like I still need to learn those lessons. Okay, how have you made up for it, and how are you navigating those dynamics now? Uh, because you said you know you didn't learn enough, but obviously, I mean, if you've started a family, you've built a business. Clearly, it's not like you lack these skills completely. <laughs> I am the worst. Um, I feel like so going into creating the type of business that we have now, I 
intentionally wanted to create community that I felt like I was comfortable to be a part in because I didn't feel like I really had enough of that or a lot of that. And I felt like I wanted to bring people who felt like outcasts in high school or outcasts as mothers or business owners or whatever it might be to have a space to feel comfortable. So I feel like that was me kind of trying to overcome a little bit of the negativeness of being a stubborn only child. Um, to, to create a space where people felt welcome and felt heard. So I think that that's kind of like a positive impact of what I'm trying to to shift from the kind of negative tendencies of my behaviors. But um, I I read a lot uh, to li- like literally how to teach myself how to be grateful, um, how to be like kind to other people. Um, I was not only an only child, but I was also heavily, heavily raised by two single man-hating women. And so that kind of mentality has also like been deeply ingrained in me for 29 years. And so being married is hard and choosing to stay that way, especially in my family with a track record of every single member of my family is a choice that no one has made. Um, so I think more than anything, like I've used that kind of, I'm a, you know, a high achieving only child, stubborn person to literally try to prove myself and everyone else in my family that you can be that way and still have a successful marriage and be a, a good mother and be a successful business owner. So I think at this point, I'm literally just doing everything in spite. <laughs> uh, I wonder, uh, having grown up the the child of divorced parents and now being a parent yourself, what, uh, what impact has that had on the kind of parent that you're being? Uh, has it changed how you're approaching parenting? Because I think in my mind, and this is a conversation I've had with a handful of people on the show, for any of us who look at our parents and say, oh, you guys screwed up. I'm definitely not mm-hmm. going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like That is our worst nightmare. And from what I'm told, we end up repeating a good amount of it. Oh, yeah. I, I've had a big revelation this year um, that the one parent who I had kind of constantly looked at as, um, so I was really, really close with my mom growing up. Um, I was told, you know, stories from her about the divorce and, and my dad was always painted as the bad guy and he did this wrong. And because he did that wrong, that's why we're divorced. And because he continues to do these things wrong is why, you know, you guys will never have a great relationship or it's why she couldn't be in the same room with him or whatever. And so I was always, always, always hearing her version of, of those stories. And until I became a mother and until so my daughter's one and a half. And so earlier this year, she turned one and I kind of like wanted to go on this journey of truly identifying, okay, but what were the good parts of, of how I was parented? You know, like I feel like every parent does this. What are the things I don't want to do? What are the things I do want to do? But where, where did those things come from? And are the stories that I've been told about my childhood actually true? And so 
as I guess, like an old reporter, I went truly on this mission. I, I visited um, my great aunt in Colorado and had hours and hours of conversation with her about her perception of the divorce, her perception of really big events that happened in my life that stemmed from all of these stories I was told. And to hear her version was drastically different than the version that I felt to be true. And so... I kind of woke up in July, June of this year with those relationships and those stories, storylines that I had been told about my parents are truly like flipped upside down. So my mom, who I was super close with and who I always connected with, and she's my best friend. And I, I knew there was some, some kind of problematic issues about our relationship, but it was great. Solidarity, sisterhood, all of the things. Um, that it was super fucking unhealthy and it was not going to lead me to be a great mother to my own daughter if I chose those same things. Not because they didn't make me feel good as a child and they continue to make me feel good as an adult, but it was not absolutely not the atmosphere I wanted to create for her. And truthfully, up until June of this year, it was. And so then I started having conversations with her and my stepmom, who's been around since I was like three, and my dad, and like asking for different versions of everything that I had been told, and really, truly realized that like, how we classify or what we classify as a good parent, you know, not being too much of a friend, but being a good role model and listening, but not letting in, you know, to your kind of your own shit as an adult. Um, my dad had done that really well. And my mom had really sucked at it. And, and I did not see it that way until this year. And so I think truly, I haven't been kind of unpacking how do I want to communicate with my daughter? What do I want to share with my daughter? How do I want to hang out with her in a sense that creates good boundaries of parent-child relationships instead of friend-child relationships? What do I share with her about my own stories? Because my mom has shared stories with me that quite honestly, like she should have kept to herself. Like I don't, I don't need to know that. And it affects my viewpoint of a lot of people in our family now that I know that and it, it doesn't benefit me in any way. And so kind of deciding like, Oh, okay. Um, there, there are boundaries that have never existed in our relationship. So I need to truly identify what those are and create them. What has surprised you? It's me? been a shit show of a year. <laughs> well, I, hey, yeah, I think if, if we were all completely honest and we were to basically say what was actually going on in our lives in Facebook, yeah. I think it would be like, okay, this should be changed to shit show book. Yeah, yeah. Really it's, what's been, happening. it's been some heavy work. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that's abnormal. And then the, that also will lead to a ton of other questions. But one of the things I wonder about, and I asked Sarah this, uh, what has surprised you about being a mother and what has surprised you about watching a kid uh, in such an early stage of life? What have you learned? So I I say every single day, I am 100% surprised that I'm actually relatively good at it. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, up until... So so we adopted. And so we, we went through a whole journey of like some fertility issues and questioning about becoming parents and then funding adoption and then going through the whole adoption process and yada, yada. Um, up until we... I think we're in year four of trying um, is when I fully actually knew that I wanted to become a mother 
up until then, up until I got even engaged, it was a hard no. Like, nah, nah, I'm good. Uh, as a only stubborn child, uh, life is always about myself. And I really, truly never thought that it, I would like a kid. I don't like kids. I still don't like kids. I love my kid. I don't like anyone else's. Um, I never babysit. I, I was never motherly. I am just generally not a warm person. <laughs> like, really. Um, I love going out with friends and drinking and having good times. And so I, I had built it up in my head that I wasn't going to be good at it. It wasn't something I wanted to do. Um, and then when we couldn't get pregnant, I was like, well, see. Um, and so it took a couple of years for me to kind of be like, oh, okay, this is actually something I want to do. So fast forward to when my daughter was actually here. And then I was actually good at holding her and bonding with her and hanging out with her. And like, she's hilarious and smart and all of the things like I could actually find really good qualities out of her. I'm surprised every single day that I actually still like it and that I'm good at it. Um, so that continues to surprise me. Um, I'm hoping like selfishly that she can be the one to teach me how to not be as stubborn as I am and not be as defensive as I can get and not be like kind of as guarded in relationships as I am. Um, because I feel like like that's what kids can do, right? They have this weird, creepy sixth sense of you and what you need. And like they teach you all these lessons or some bullshit. But I'm hoping truly that that happens. Um, and I don't know if that's like a... I'm like a cop out of <laughs> I maybe can't do it, but maybe she can do it for me. I don't care. I'll use it. <laughs> so this is a, a probably going to sound like a really weird question. So if it comes out wrong, correct me in terms of how I phrase it. But okay. when uh, you, you know, when you've adopted somebody knowing mm -hmm. that this wasn't a biological child, I, I, this is like I said, this is weird because you probably don't have a reference point, but do you think about how it might be different than it would if it was a child that you had given birth to? And I just wonder what is a that thousand thing? percent? What is the, the, the question in my mind? What I'm curious about is what is the difference between those two things? Um, I am. Woman, how do you see it differently? Yeah, I am so fucking thankful she is not biologically my child. Um, skipping the gene pool that is my bullshit <laughs> it is great. Like is great. She's she has a chance to be tall. She doesn't have that if she was our biological <laughs> child. Uh, she has a chance to not be all of the negative things that we are. And obviously, she's going to have her own bullshit. Like we all do. Um, but I every day I'm interested in seeing and, and I whenever she picks up a new skill or does something funny or whatever, and, and we say out loud like our whole thing in our house always nature or nurture, nature nurture. Like where did that come from? Um, my best friend is a, is a child therapist. She, she's an amazing human being and she's like truly doing great work. Um, so I use her brain all the time to check in with, am I doing everything wrong and where is she progressing and all of the stuff? And she's very, very kind and reminds me that I, I get to take most of the credit for how amazing my daughter is, but I, I don't know. It, we, we will truly never know because we don't have a close relationship with her bio family. Um, 
So I don't know the skills that she might be innately good at. I don't know subjects or sports or tendencies that are underlying, maybe, um, because no one's really agreed upon if that's ever really nature or nurture. Um, so I feel like every day is just kind of a gamble of like, where did this come from and why is it here kind of thing. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. 
what just out of curiosity is the adoption experience like because as i was hearing you say that i was thinking wow i'm like people from what i've seen on tv seem to get put through the ringer to, to actually be qualified to adopt a baby whereas people biologically have children when they're completely <laughs> underqualified to do <laughs> it when there's no when it's clear that they're, they're going to be a disaster yeah yeah um so it, obviously it's different for everyone. We chose to go through a private agency um, after many of attempts of, of pursuing other options. Um, and yeah, it's, it's what you've heard. It's um, fingerprints, FBI background scanning, 17 letters of recommendation, their backgrounds being scanned, an entire like family history of health, um, literally a book of pictures of your glorious, amazing life. And some birth moms have qualifications of like, you need to be the certain religion or you can't be gay or you need to be married this long. And so like battling through all of those things and whether we are or weren't like the qualifications are still there. And so it was a very weird of like, you're, you're, you're applying for this thing that has all of these different qualifications that can change at any time. <laughs> so that was fun and stressful. Um, but like once we made the decision to go with the agency that we went with and like actually start the process, our journey was easy, like easy breezy, um, could not have been any better, but getting to that point mentally, financially, and just like mountains of paperwork was just more time consuming and like really kind of just asking like, is this really necessary? Like we had to have a, you know, a woman come to our house and basically make sure we weren't cooking meth under the kitchen sink um, and do a full report on everything. And then she came to our house once we had our daughter here like three times to make sure we were keeping her alive. I don't know. Um, so it's all very weird and judgy and definitely felt like it wasn't necessary. Um, but the process actually was really easy. And I say that kind of like with a look on my face because I know it's not for everyone. And I know if we were to adopt it again, it could literally be the quite opposite of the situation that we got because um, birth parents changed their mind. Birth moms changed their mind and shit happens. Um, but we got, I think, the dream scenario. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, well, let's do this. Let's shift gears a little bit and yeah. let's start getting into the work that you do. But I want to start with college and how you get from college to where you are today? Um, well, I barely got out of college, first of all. Um, I was an amazing high school student. I was on the honor society and I did community work and I ran the newspaper and everything was great. I worked. I, I graduated with honors, like all of the things. Um, and then I went to college and it was like, I've never um, been to school before. Uh, it was really fucking hard for me, like really, really hard. Um, I quite literally barely like passed enough to actually walk. Um, somehow I still did it in four years. Uh, walked, got the hell out of there. I actually got accepted to grad school somehow after that. Um, and before two weeks before grad classes were supposed to start, I walked away because I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You hated college and you barely got out of it to pass. And it's so fucking expensive. And you have all of this debt now. Like, why are you going to do it again? Um, so I backed out, moved back home, 
like when to find myself or whatever. Um, and that's when my business kind of started. Uh, it started as photography, which shifted to strategy, which shifted to I found a business partner somehow. And then we started doing it together. Um, but I definitely had higher hopes for how college could have gone for me or how I wanted it to go. But it was, God, it was not for me. I hated every second of it. I can relate. <laughs> I, I hated it. I didn't hate it, but uh, I got shit grades and was definitely not, um, yeah. you know, the, the I definitely was not an academic is what became very clear to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it was a weird mindfuck for me of just being... So I was the first person in my family to go to college on both sides. And I was the first of very few to even graduate high school. So like, it was a big deal that I was going. And it was kind of one of those like, you're going come hell or high water. Like, I don't care if we're in $30,000 worth of debt, you're going. Um, But guess who has to pay for that? No one else is. Um, And so it was just one of those things where it like wasn't even a question for me to not go because I had to to make everyone else proud or some bullshit. But I went and quite literally like halfway through first semester, I was like, this is not going to go well. (laughs) It's just not. When you think about uh, educating your daughter based on that experience, have you given I I know that it's a ridiculous question given that she's one and a half. No, I I think about it all the time. Yeah, I figure figure you do. So that's why I'm asking. Do 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 you think about educating her differently based on your experience? And if so, how? 100%. Um, So I went to public school uh, my whole life um, and then went to a state university. Um, A, there's 100% not going to be as much pressure on her to go to college. If she doesn't want to go, don't fucking go. Like you do. If anything tells us in this day and age that you actually don't have to go, um, you don't have to go. I get that there was this bubble of like college is great and it's going to work for so many people and then everyone needs to go and it's awesome. Like go get educated, but I have a very strong opinion that it does not have to be in college. Um, so there's going to be that open aspect of like, you don't have to go if you don't want to you, but you do have to kind of have a plan and like be productive and and provide and do something with yourself. Um, we are saving for her to go so she doesn't have to pay for it. That was a non-negotiable. Um, I had to pay for everything in college. I had to take out loans to live, even though I was working, because it's so fucking expensive. It's stupid. Um, and so we are in like massive student loan debt now that my husband and I bear and pay on every single month until we're dead. And I hate it. Yeah, I um, can relate. Yeah. So I I'm going to take that off of her plate. Yeah. Um she is going to so she's in a like an in-home daycare situation right now um next august next july she'll be two and a half and she'll be eligible to start going to a montessori program so i don't know if you know anything about the montessori method it's um it's a education system basically it's accredited it's legit um but there are plenty of schools around and so she's going to start there it's an entirely different type of learning that i feel like i would have really benefited from mm-hmm. um because I was able to kind of fake it until you make it in high school with, I built really good relationships with my teachers. And because I was like such a bookworm, good writer type of student, like teachers cling on to that shit. And so like, I feel like I kind of made it by based on a lot of their help and the relationships I built. And then all of a sudden I didn't know how to do that in college. And so I want to teach her how to build relationships. I want to teach her how to work independently. And and that method really is in line with that bigger picture. So 
I'm hoping that's like her, her, that's all she needs. Well, it's funny because I, I think I, I read somewhere that the founders of Google are, are graduates of the Montessori yes. <laughs> education. I was like, all right, cool. Clearly that turned out okay. Right. Uh, that worked some. I, you know, it, I, I'm glad you brought up the student loan debt. I, I kind of looked at it and thought the same thing. Because I, I remember calling the, the student loan lender once. I said, so let's say that I get hit by a car. Just, right. You know, will my parents have to take care of this shit? They're like, no. I'm like, good to know. I'm like, Sweet. I want to make sure in case I get killed or die somehow, my parents uh-huh. aren't going to be stuck dealing with this mess. It's uh, so dumb. It really it, is. And I, I'm of the belief that there's only so long you can keep lending money out without getting it back before uh-huh. there's systemic consequences, which I think are uh-huh. in a big way. And yes. when it happens, it's going to be really ugly. Yes. Yes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's a whole other aside. (laughs) Right. Right. And I'm not. And I wish I was smart enough to have like deeper conversations about like remitting student loan debt. But I'm not. Like I don't. I don't know the ins and outs of that. But it can't. The the burden that we are putting on so many young people with the amount of jobs that we do not have to give them. It. It. The math doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. so speaking of burdens, uh, I wonder in all of this, this is something we haven't talked about from starting this business to, to where you are today. Have there been any sort of rock bottom, you know, dark night of the soul moments? Uh, if so, what were they and how did you pull out of them? Um, well, I'm in one right now. <laughs> uh, haven't pulled out of it yet. So I'll let you know. Um, so we so we started our business in 2015 uh, we were we started as a service based business and then shifted to an online education only so courses digital products etc in 2016 so we've been doing that consistently for almost three years now um, both my business partner and I are high achiever um, rebel tendencies like we do a lot in spite of other people and we do not have a problem with like accountability and achieving goals like give me a goal I got that goal like no problem um, and so we did really really well our first year and our second year um, crushed it and then third year is here and it has just been brick wall after brick wall after brick wall Um so we are pivoting and scaling and trying new stuff and we are we are still in the learning process of like letting go what it takes to build a business year 1, year 2 versus year 3, letting go what it takes to build a six-figure business versus a seven-figure business, which is where we're at or trying to get to right now. Um trying to figure out like how to be creative and the boss and have ownership, but also have our day back and really like just balancing just kind of the, like, what the fuck are we supposed to be doing every day? Kind of thing. Um, It has been a really weird year. We've, we've tried stuff that has worked amazingly for us in the past. And this year it has just been like a joke sometimes. And so we are still in the deep crevices of trying to figure out like what our business is even going to look like by the end of the year and next year. And like, quite honestly, some days have been like, are we even going to be around? Like what is happening with what we've built? Um, There was, you know, my daughter was born a year and a half ago. And so we started, we my business partner doesn't have children. And so that kind of just 
threw us off a little bit of how much are we able to work and how do we want to launch and how do we want to sell and all of that. Um, my business partner was in a pretty bad accident about three months before my daughter was born. And she like is still dealing with like physical therapy and constant migraines and like uh, short-term memory loss. And so it's like, we're still recovering from two really big events from 2017 and trying to shift our business to help us like live better lives due to those events, but having a really hard time figuring out what that looks like. One, thank you for uh, being so honest and transparent about it. Uh, Are there things that you've done just habitually day to day that have helped you to cope with it? Um, Things that are healthy. I know, I know that, you know, just from what you told me, I have a tendency to do like my temptation when I get into to stressed out situations is some sort of vice, like uh-huh, alcohol uh-huh. to numb it or something uh-huh. else to numb it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I you wonder other health wine, that you've done. Wine and that. weed cannot be my answers. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, you have no judgment for me. I say alcohol and other things. So it's pretty clear what I meant by that. Uh, <laughs> But other than wine and weed, what are, what sure, are, sure, sure. are the things that you've found that have been helpful? Um, so I probably like two, even a year ago version of myself would come and just like smack me in the face for saying this because I never thought I would be this person. Uh, but I did start working out in January. Um, I've been... This is quite literally the only consistent thing besides my marriage that I've ever stuck around for this long. Um I go four days a week. It's bar method. It's really easy in my body. I hate running. I hate cardio. I hate everything. So it's like a very easy version of, of working out. Um, that truly has helped. I get up early. I have my mornings to myself. I do coffee. I get, I've gotten back to just writing for enjoyment. So that is, that has helped. That has kind of cleared my brain. Uh, so working out is the only, it's four days a week. So it's not every day. Um, I've tried to meditate. That doesn't work. Um, Abby and I, my business partner, we we let ourselves... And this has been a constant in our relationship, in our business. Um, we let ourselves just kind of have like, f- like free-for-all brain-dumping phone conversations. Like if it's just so exhausting because we don't know what direction to go, like... We just allow ourselves the space to just like, let's just talk it out for a second. Throw every worst idea at me. Throw everything that you're feeling and thinking and what do you want to do? And maybe out of that, we can come from something or if not, like you just kind of got it out. And so I think that that's a really healthy way, a, a mechanism that we've provided each other. So we don't necessarily bring it home to our partners or bring it home to our families and our attitude and our dinnertime frustrations or whatever. Um, And I, we talk literally every day. And so I think that that has been the most consistent thing that's kind of helped. So out of that from what anyone else can take is if you don't have a business partner, legit find yourself someone that gets your business on some level. Like it probably can't be your partner. It definitely can't be your mother, but like find someone who get, I know like biz bestie and all of those buzzwords, but truthfully that has been at least my saving grace through all of this just being able to talk it out with people who get it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised you brought up the exercise thing. Uh, I started CrossFit recently based on the recommendation of a friend who said it helped him with sleep and depression symptoms. I was like, 
Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. This is a total yeah. ass kicking. I hate every minute of it while I'm there, uh-huh. but I love how I feel when I get out. Uh, and so, I mean, both surfing, snowboarding, and this have now become sort of integral parts of, of nice. how I do this. But what do you think was different this time that allowed you to stick with it uh, if you've attempted this in the past? Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I, truthfully, uh, I think the one major thing is we are now financially at a space where I can afford an expensive membership. Um, that was a really big thing holding me back before because we weren't able to like, we had kind of, you know, we did the whole like planet, planet fitness bullshit, right? Where it's like $8 a month or whatever. And then you never go. It's this gym of like endless possibilities that you never use. Um, so we were like over that scheme. Um, but it, other than that, it was like workout tapes at home or like going for a walk or just being super uh, diligent on like doing stuff at home. And I, I'm just not like I am a really, really lazy person when it comes down to it. And so financially, we were at a space where I'm like, hey, I'm going to give this thing a, a like it was I could do like a 30 day trial or whatever for less expensive. Yeah. And I, I told my partner, I was like, if I'm consistent with it and if I enjoy it, we are budgeting for this. And he was like, heck yeah. Like if that's what makes you happy and it makes you feel like strong and healthy, then do that. So I think ultimately like that's the thing that keeps me going is because we can afford it. And I don't feel a burden of that, you know, reoccurring payment that goes out every single month. Yeah. Um, aside from that, it's really close to my house. Like I said, I'm lazy. Uh, it's uh, they don't yell at me. I cannot handle that bullshit. Um, I cannot do extreme workouts. Uh, part of my like fertility issues stems from endometriosis. So there's like cyst all up in this body. And so like, j- fuck jumping jacks. Kim not doing pushups. Like don't, I'm not doing any of that. And so it's a place where like, I don't, none of that is involved. And so it's, it's, it's just toning and like, I, you know, I can go into the exercises with you if you want, but it's none of that stupid stuff that I've hated. So, yeah, it's funny because I always tell people, it's like with exercise, it's either find something you absolutely love, then it stops being you know, a form of exercise or something that makes you feel great after you get out. And I noticed that right. the one thing my sister commented on this, and I've noticed it myself, is that same thing with a gym that costs a lot more. You're like, okay, now I have to go because I'm spending oh, so yeah. much damn money every month on this thing. Well, and mine is extra rude. And if you, so you have to reserve your spot because the classes are kind of small. And if you do not cancel within, I think it's like a weird, like 18 hour window. Like they've made it some random number. They charge you $5. <laughs> and so I, I go to the 5:45 AM. And so I quite literally, I have to decide like that afternoon the day before that I'm not going to go the next morning and making a decision at like three o'clock in the afternoon to not work out the next morning is kind of dumb. (laughs) And like, you're truly being really lazy. And so I I think I've only done it like three times since January canceled. So, wow. And I've gladly paid the $5 (laughs) because I was like, don't feel great or whatever was going on. And it was worth it for me to just like stay in bed. But knowing that like this 45 minutes of me staying in bed is costing me an extra $5. Just get your ass out and go. Yeah, it's it's funny because I, I there's a certain point at which I stopped seeing physical fitness or a gym as an expense and right. started to see it as an investment. Uh, I, I said this is one of the essential investments every human being should make in themselves. Yes. It literally is the foundation on which every other part of your life is built. And I never believed that bullshit until I did it. I mean... 
and and then I was consistent with it because I've done, you know, I've done trials before and then never gone back or whatever. But it's like, I know everyone says this and it just works for them. But truly, like, find your thing because once you do, you're going to get it. Like, you're going to get the drug that we're all on. You're going to understand it. Oh, I I, I said uh, in my most recent book, I said, I don't think it's a coincidence that my surfing and writing journey are parallel. And it's not a coincidence that every prolific artist has had some sort of physical practice as well. Right. Right. Move your bodies. Yeah. Well, I can see now why Sarah referred you to me. This has been... (laughs) entertaining and interesting and eye-opening. So I have one last question for you, which we finish all of our interviews, the unmistakable creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Oh, shit. What do I think makes somebody unmistakable? Um... This is what I tell my students all the time. So guys, don't roll your eyes when you're listening. Um... Action, (laughs) action on anything, Um, dare to be wrong, dare to fail, dare to hate it, dare to look back and be like, that was a waste of $30,000 like my college education feels, Um, dare to be uncomfortable in and failing at trying to scale to a seven figure business if that's what you want. Um, Just take some freaking action so you can even fit into, oh, this is actually what I enjoy. Oh, this is what brings me happiness. Oh, this is what fixed my depression, anxiety, whatever. Um, just take some damn action on something. You you cannot be wrong if you just take action. Well, uh, I think that makes a very fitting end to a really awesome conversation. Where can people find out more about you, your work, and everything else that you're up to? Yeah. So uh, my work, you can find at think thinkcreativecollective.com. We have our own podcast there, a blog archive, courses, a free community for creative small business owners, specifically women who are looking at um, turning their side hustle into something that's actually profitable and sustainable. Um, Me personally, you can find me on Instagram at Emily Says. It's E-M-Y-L-E-E Says or EmilySays.com. I have some of my artwork up there. I have blog posts about raising a Black daughter and what does that mean? And um, well, I, me, you know Jen. what? I'm really disappointed <laughs> that you didn't drop that earlier in the conversation. <laughs> There's that bomb. Stay tuned for part two. <laughs> yeah, seriously, there would have been so much more there. All right. Awesome. Uh, for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that, and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.